of etc. etc. with young Southpaw. That's moi. Me if you ain't got your French tongue on. It's been a while, man, a whole month. During which I've had some car, neck, and dental problems to take care of. Does the term dental practice scare anybody else? I mean, whoa! But don't worry, I got a ton of stories in the works. Well, I guess I haven't actually weighed them. I don't know if ton would be accurate, but they are heavy in the back-to-the-future sense of the word. And I was thinking about this yesterday. You know, that Sex Pistols song, EMI, Unlimited Supply, you know? And like how Joan Jett covered it but changed it to MCA to be about her record label? I mean, I get it, you know? The tune's about having troubles with your record company. But like with MCA, I mean, she totally could have gone a different route, you know? Like, why, MCA? Asking them why they're doing all this. And to the village people backing track. I don't know, it'd be rad, too, like with Joan Jett, you know? Like the Cowboy and Co. could expand their repertoire from in the Navy to include the Air Force, too. That you could take this even further because I'm picturing like a, a jet pack, you know? And it could be just that I've been watching The Mandalorian, but like Boba Fett rhymes with jet. Get Boba Fett in the video! Bounty hunting the village people, but like in the spirit of the good times that they represent, he ends up joining them. And heck, like maybe at the end of the song, Boba Fett takes off his helmet and it's Joan Jet. Whoa! I mean, she'd have to do it under a different name if she didn't want everyone to see this coming. But like, you know, Boba Fett and the, and the Blue Hearts, you know? And like if Miss Jet wants me to direct this video, you know, this decades old version, I'm, I'm up for it, you know? Just get in touch. So maybe there'll be some more on that one day. But in the meantime, there are plenty of stories on the Young Southpaw part of an hour up at youngsouthpaw.com or wherever you get your podcasts. But let's get to this week's episode of this podcast. It was my pleasure to talk to one of my favorite artists, Mr. Honko Kolk. His line work is just awesome, man. And he's just revamped his website, HonkoKolk.com. That's H-A-N-C-O-K-O-L-K. So check out what's up there. On the site, too, you can read the new Meccano story he's doing for free. And let me tell you, it's pretty full on right from the get-go. We ended up talking about this and all sorts of other stuff for almost an hour. So let's get to it. All right. We're here this evening, Mr. Honko Coke. How you doing, man? I'm fine. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thanks for asking. Yeah, well, you have the world apart now. So, uh, yeah, where, where are you? I'm in Holland. Holland. In Holland, right. Western Europe, uh, Rotterdam, to be specific. Half the world apart, indeed. Yeah. So, but it's, it's great to see you. And, um, Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. You know, I've always been a fan of your work. Thank you. Thank you. 
and you got this new Meccano story going. But before we get into the new one, I was hoping you could give us some history of Meccano. Oh, right. Uh, well, Meccano, you can call it, uh, uh, I, I do all kinds of comics, you know. I, I do daily comics in, in the newspapers. Uh, I've done everything. Uh, but Meccano is special for me because this is my, my playroom, if you want. There, uh, there I can experiment with techniques, with, with uh, uh, scenarios, and uh, every album, every book is, is new for me. Um, to, to give you the context, it's, um, it's about a city called Meccano, which is a spoof of Monaco, of course. Mm-hmm. And in, the, um, uh, in, the, in that city, every, every, everyone who lives there is incredibly rich, but, you know, like beyond imagination. So they don't have to work. Uh, and the only thing they do is kill the, kill the boredom. And for that, they they uh, they embrace every trend there is, every uh, every new craze that's happening in the world, and they go uh, they go they go to the extreme with that. Yeah. Uh, so it gives me an opportunity to to make satire about things that I get mad about or that uh, that irritate me, uh, because every book has a has a, a different protagonist. The only thing that that keeps it together is that it's happening in that city. Okay. Um, uh, also, in, uh, in an artistic uh, point of view, I can vary vary uh, the looks of the city. Uh, I can vary the, the the technique that I use. Sometimes I use a brush. Sometimes I use a pen or something like that. Yeah, I read that it was important for you to change it up stylistically each story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I I invent a story and then I decide what technique does this story needs. You know, uh, I got one 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 of the books is about a girl from the slums who uh, who works her way up in in society by uh, uh, ultimately becoming the the new image of the Virgin Mary. Because the church needs a new image, the Virgin Mary only scores with with homosexuals, and uh, they want a, a broader appeal. Uh, so this is this is a kind of baroque, uh, baroque sensual story. Then I think, okay, this needs a brush. This needs a brush line, not a cold pen line, and it needs uh, color with with uh, uh, chalk, and not with with ink. You know, not hard, and then other other stories need need uh, a cold line. I got one story that's that's about the civil war that's happening in Meccano, and that needs a cold line. So the technique depends on the story. Okay. And was the civil war one? Was that inspired by the Yugoslavian? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I had some trouble with it. Uh, uh, Meccano was a. a a cult, a cult uh, success in Holland, uh, and uh, then a newspaper called me and they, they said, "We want to have the, the the next book. We want to publish it in the newspaper." I said, "No, you don't. <laughs> I know what it's about. You know." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, yeah, we do, we do, we do, we do." And uh, so I said, "Okay, uh, let's try it." And they published it uh, once a week, one page a week, and after five pages. 
uh, they got so many phone calls and even the Ministry of Defense called because uh, Holland was participating in the civil war in Yugoslavia and my Meccano was about a, a UN soldier who goes there. And they say, oh no, don't do that. It demoralizes uh, the, the people. And uh, so we, I had to stop there. And so I, uh, I remade the story in, in, the, in, the, in the book. It's, okay. Now it's about a, a, a washed up singer who goes there to entertain the troops. Oh. Yeah. Was she based on anybody? Uh, it's a, uh, no, it's, it's a, it's a combination of, of kind of singers that, you know, you know, the singers that, that ha have had two, two hits and then they, they gradually go down and end up uh, singing at, at, at weddings, you know, oh, all right. people like that. So I just finished Marlena Dietrich, a biography of Marlena Dietrich, and there's a whole uh, section about her. Uh, in World War II, going to entertain the troops, but that's not oh cool. yeah, but but she's a heroine. She's, yeah. she's not a loser. <laughs> I read. Uh, did you uh, off topic? But uh, my my favorite director is is uh, um, uh, he worked with with Marlene Dietrich, and he told that uh, in private she was totally different than uh, than on screen. She was a a, a housewife. Yeah, she loved cooking, and she she was she wasn't glamorous at all, you know. And I thought I thought that's that's great. She she must have been a really interesting per person. This this book was huge. Her daughter wrote it about her, so she ah. knew everything. And yes, she loved to cook for everyone. Uh, your favorite director is von Sternberg. No, oh. try again. Billy Wilder. Yeah. Billy Wilder, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Billy, Billy Wilder. Wilder. I think because uh, uh, he he managed to to make so many totally different movies, and all of them, and he wrote them himself. He did the screenplay himself, and uh, all of them are uh, uh, well. You can just yeah. I, I think all of them are are uh, in every genre. He he uh, he uh, he tries. He's, he's making the best, you know, he's, he's got this, uh, you know, the, the, the film he did in Berlin for just after the war. That's, that's heartbreaking. And at the same time, he can make some like it hot. That's, that's hilarious. Mm. And it starts with the massacre, massacre, you know, you know, that's, that takes some nerve to do that. And he pulls it up. That's, but I, my favorite is the apartment. The, the apartment, apartment is, is wonderful. That's, that's the perfect movie for me. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of starting things full on, I've read both The Rough Guide to McConnell and I'm reading the new one. You really mm. just dive in there to these people being monsters. Yeah. Like right off the bat. Yeah. Um, with, with The Rough Guide, I have, some, I have some understanding of the characters. You know, I, 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 they do horrible things, but I, I kind of understand why they do it. Um, but in the new one, uh, Poppy, it's 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 written out of anger. It's really anger. And um, as a person, I'm really I, I find it really hard to express anger. You know, that's that's my thing. I ra I rather go to to uh, sarcastic being sarcastic. Mm. So I thought 
I read read this about this guy. It's a, it's a drug drug uh, uh, lord. I read about him in the paper, and I thought that's a horrible, horrible person. That's, and I, 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 I want to I want to destroy that guy. You know, and my, uh, my my the only thing the only thing uh, way I can do it is by making him ridiculous by really destroying him by making him ridiculous, and that's what I'm trying there. But I, I published it on the website, and uh, I think that it's nine pages now that's in it. But it's only the beginning. It's getting worse and worse, really. <laughs> we should mention that it's available on the website now for free. Yeah, for free. Yeah. Because uh, um, I, I do this as I really do it as a labor of love. And I wanted to I wanted to be read as uh, as uh, by the, the the most people possible. Mm, that's not English, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and <laughs> so I published it, and uh, I I got really really nice uh, nice uh, reactions, really nice. That's what I do it for. Yeah, I. I- I just—I uh, remember when the first three pages came out. I was like, with the the assassins who only care about their budget. Yeah, like, this is so grim. <laughs> it's really, and they're the good guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. So, was uh, this article you read was that the inspiration for doing another one, or did you have the idea you were going to do another one? No, no, I didn't have the idea. Um, Actually, I was working on another uh, another project, and uh, I've had, had been working on it for two years on the scenario. And uh, I, I took it to the publisher, and the publisher always said, "Yeah, it's 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 great, it's terrific, but it lacks something. It lacks a certain something." And then you know, well, you're in trouble if they say it lacks a certain something. You don't know anything. Yeah. So I was at my fifth draft. And suddenly I thought, this isn't I'm this isn't my story anymore. I'm writing it for them. Uh, uh, and even if they say yes now, I don't feel like drawing it. So I put it I put it aside and I think, okay, I'm going to amuse myself. I'm going to entertain myself and I'm going to do what I what I really like. And I don't want to to think about editors of publishers or something. I just kind of do what I like to do. And um, well, at the same time, at the same time, I read this uh, in the n- newspapers about this drug lord. He's a uh, Dutch Moroccan and he's, he's a monster, but he hid, he was hiding in Dubai. And, and when I read more about him and uh, I discovered that in Dubai, it's, it's, Cramped with drug lords there. It's it's they're they're Northern Irish, uh, Italian, Mexican. They all live there because uh, the, uh, Dubai doesn't um, doesn't have uh, extradite. Is that the word? No oh, extradition laws. Extradition uh, with, with other countries, so they're yeah. safe there. Yeah. I thought Dubai. What? That's Meccano. You know, it's a it's a filthy, rotten city. And so I transposed transpose it into Meccano, and I had, uh, I had, I have, I'm still having a ball. 
it's almost finished. Uh, two more pages, and then the story is is done. And oh, okay. I really enjoyed it myself. How much had you planned out ahead of time, or were you writing it as you uh, went along? Well, the storyline was was the, the the very first day that I started. I had the storyline. Okay. Uh, it's sixty one pages in total, so I had the storyline, and we uh, I knew where it was going, and um, but. Writing the scenes—that's that's that's, uh, that's something that I do uh, along the way. Okay. I know I know I need to go from A to B, but I need to find the the most entertaining and the most sarcastic way to go there. That's that's uh, what I do while drawing. And, and uh, sorry, go on. No, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead. And you're th you're working on other stuff as well, right? There's while yeah, this is going uh, yeah. on. So is this a hectic schedule to keep up? Uh, no, no. I got, like I said, I, I published four nine pages until now, and uh, so I'm fifty two pages ahead. Oh, I can do it. <laughs> you know, I can I can t really take my time there, and uh, I think it should because Meccano is something that uh, uh, I want every book to be exactly how I imagined it before I started. Mm. I don't want to have anything like that you reread it and say, oh, I should have done different, you know? I don't want that. I really want to be, to have the emotion and the, uh, the intention clear on the page and exactly how I, how I mean to, to, it to be. It seems like it's enormously fun yeah 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 <laughs> really fun really fun i uh sometimes sometimes uh drawing comics is like uh, like a colleague of mine said the best the best times for uh, when you make a comic book is before you start and after you start in between it's work and i didn't have it this time i really enjoyed myself really enjoyed myself um also, the writing. I did some. Uh, I did things that I haven't done before in writing. Uh, it hasn't been published yet, but there's a one scene. Um, I, I I'm aware of uh, of a, a weak spot in in, in my my uh, my storytelling. That's uh, that I bore easily. I get get bored easily. So sometimes I go too fast. I'm going like a like a steamroller. I go and this and you take this and take this and this. And so I thought with one scene, now I'm going to take it really slow, really slow. Sometimes, sometimes with images without any words, just atmosphere. And and that's that's so unnatural for me that it was a bold trying to do that and trying to get that. Right, trying to get that energy, and that's that's adventurous for me. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, I read that you wrote a screenplay for Mikado at one point. Oh yeah, that was yeah. Well, there was mm, ninety four, I think. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was about the the, the second book. Um, it was a, a Dutch company. And um, it was the only company who had a studio, a real studio with uh, outside lots and and and, and all, all kinds of things. They do, they did pretty 
impressive things. And uh, they were working on another movie while we were, we were writing it. And the, uh, the other movie went over budget. And, um, well, the studio folded because before we could shoot it. <laughs> but uh, that movie that they were working on, it, it had an Oscar. So, Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of, yeah, it's kind of, uh, I think, okay, it wasn't for nothing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what were but you it, was, it was, it was, it was weird that that studio. It, maybe it it was a curse. It, I cursed the studio, perhaps. Uh, uh, I did other things for them as well. They had a television series, and I wrote three episodes for them. Uh, and they uh, they liked it, and they were going to shoot it, and then the 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 main character died. <laughs> So maybe you are cursing. Them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so take care. Uh, you know, everybody's really careful when, when trying to do business with me because uh, it could be lethal. <laughs> what was that clicking noise? It's no, don't hear it now. <laughs> All right. Uh, me. What were the ideas uh, for the for the movie? Oh, it was an adaption of the second book. It was about uh, the girl who uh, became Mary, Virgin Mary. And uh, again, I said to the studio, I don't think it's a good idea. You know, it's, it's it really, it's, we, we're going all the way, you know. <laughs> and they said, oh, no, that's exactly what we like. And uh, uh, the, at the time the studio folded, we were at uh, the seventh draft. Seventh oh. draft. So it was it was it was fun to make it, but and uh, every now and then we get word that that someone wants to make a movie about it. Uh, but I don't take it too seriously. I just <laughs> I just wait. But the daily comic we do that it has been a television series. Yes. Same. So yeah. Well, tell us about that one for people who don't know. Well, single. That's that's easy. I uh, it's a character-driven gag strip, uh, daily comic. Uh, it's about three girls, of, or, or three or four girls, uh, who are single. That's it. And uh, the nice thing about a character-driven gag strip is that you don't need uh, you don't need uh, belly laughter. Uh, character driven is you can you can also every now and then you do a, a melancholic thing in it no joke just melancholy mm. uh, and and it has it has the effect that uh, and we have we have that uh, that readers start writing letters to to the characters ah that's nice and that's and then think okay they're really they're, they're not just lines on paper you know uh. <laughs> and uh, we do it uh, that's uh, we write it together and I draw it um, and I did, we do it for 20 years now yeah wow. 20 years we don't I shouldn't say it because <laughs> because uh, the audience they think sometimes they think that it's two women who write it because it's so spot-on character you know 
And when they discover that it's three middle, two middle-aged guys who make it, I don't know. <laughs> but, well, that's, okay. a, that's a big compliment. <laughs> yeah, that's a compliment. <laughs> when we when we make when we do book signings sometimes you get this like is it you (laughs) yeah right i was gonna ask like when you're working on something as like intense like satirical and grim as a mikado is does that is it hard to switch over to something else that you're writing does it ever carry over like Mm. these ideas Mm. I'm I'm tempted to say no, uh, but uh, I need to think about it for a moment. <laughs> well, for uh, I, I wanted to say no because last week um, I, I was working on Meccano and I thought, oh, um, this pen line, uh, oh, oh I'm, I'm I'm kind of bored with it at the moment. So okay, I'm going to do another comic, uh, another of my projects and, and have a brush, brush time now, you know, that's, that it, it's a different energy. Nice. And like, and, and I'm, I'm in the luxury position that uh, I can change, change projects uh, uh, and, and see what, what I feel like doing. I was going to ask like, what would happen if the cast of single went on holiday to Makata? Oh God! I, oh no! <laughs> it seems like well, a terrible one of idea. them. One of them will, would be totally corrupted. I think totally. Uh, the other one will will uh, be the second one will will uh, be really judgmental, and uh, and uh, the third one will uh, will be just uh, totally frightened. <laughs> she would she would curl up in a corner and then do nothing. <laughs> That's that's the nice thing about that comic. We 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 know so much about them, mm. uh, even things we don't use in in in, uh, in the gags. We, we know which which brand of perfume every each of the characters use, and uh, that helps because the more you know about them, the easier it is to to write a, a gag. Yeah. You just take a situation and let go, let the characters go at it and. It's strange how like there's there's so much backstory compared to like what actually you see on the page. You know, you hmm. know so much more about characters yeah. just from living with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also uh sometimes we deliberately uh don't tell anything, don't tell something. We leave it to the reader to uh to fill it in. Um well, for for instance, one of the characters uh, she's uh, uh um uh, quite how 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 to put this uh uh politi- politically correct because i want to put it she she's got some some pounds a, a little bit bit of a little bit overweight well rubenesque rubenesque that's yes. the word yes. <laughs> but we never make a joke about that hmm. we never do it because uh uh we want we want um we want the audience to to uh, the readers to know that it's, it's a statement, not to make any jokes about it. Yeah. And one of the characters is called uh, Fatima, uh, which is a Moroccan name, hmm. and we never never do anything about that. Just 
we want the readers to accept, okay, it's a Fatima. It's just a Fatima. Well, she's Fatima. She's not Moroccan or she's not, she's not, has not, hasn't got a, a background that's different from Dutch. She's Fatima. Hmm. So that's why we leave that. We, we stay clear of that. It's a good name too. Yeah, it's a nice name. Sounds nice. And she, it, uh, it belongs to her really. It's, it's interesting though that um, when we started out 20 years ago, um, we could, our humor, our gags could be much, uh, much more cutting edge than, than, than now. The taste in humor has, has changed so much. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, really, really strange. It, I don't, I'm, I'm not complaining because, uh, well, uh, humor is something that has a, um, that's very, uh, very connected with the time it, it's, it's, it's in. You know, if you see a comedian of, see now a clip of a comedian in the 60s, it's not funny anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, and, and I know that at the time, uh, well, 60s, I was a little bit, a little bit too young, but in the 70s, I had these comedians. I was, I was, uh, they were the top, you know, I was, I was, my tears, uh, laughing with the, until the tears came out of my eyes. And now when I re I hear them again, I think, what's it, you know? It's, it's like it's a, with single, it's the same thing. With the daily comic, it's the same thing. It's, the humor, humor changes and changes all the time. Yeah, that's, that's nice, though. Yeah. Do so, you do you do you do you uh, uh, do you see that in in uh, uh, in the U.S. as well? That, yeah. Uh, that I am um, maybe not so much. Well, definitely for some stand-up, like who were old older when i was growing up mm. but I, I went back uh, the past few years and I've watched films from the 80s that i loved and you know when i was a teenager thought they were hilarious and now it's just kind of like uh <laughs> yeah 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 but then there's other things like you know monty python still i'm just astounded by their brilliance like mm -hmm. you know i was so blown away by that when I saw them as a kid, and now when I watch it, it's just like wow, you know, yeah. this is wonderful yeah. stuff. Yeah, but but also that's uh, the it, Monty Python and and Forty Towers as well. It's kind of that's not humor, and that's religion. <laughs> yeah. You know, you go to the you go to the mass the mass of humor there, and uh, but like uh, I used to really I used to really like George Carlin. Yeah, he's a good example. <laughs> and if you see him now, you think, mm, you know, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that in this this time, this time and age. Uh, <laughs> it's like a little bit Q and and you know, it's I don't know. That's a that's a kind of humor that doesn't really fit anymore. Mm. I don't know. What what's your what's your favorite comedian of all time? Have you heard of Daniel Kitson? He's a British comedian. Yeah, yeah, I heard about him. He doesn't I, I need... do TV or anything. He just does uh, stage shows, and there's a few recordings of him. And I saw him a bunch when I was living in London, and he just he just has a wonderful worldview, um, and his stories they kind of alternate between you know just 
laugh out loud hysterical. Then there's real other shows, ones that are really, really touching. He just really knows how to tell a story. Uh, he, just wonderful stuff. Yeah, yeah. He t- he goes he goes from uh, he takes every emotion. Yeah, you, know, you want to say yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, I like the. Um, uh, like Monty Python and and uh, uh, Forty Towers, I like the more physical physical humor as well. I don't. Uh, I think there's mm, just a stand up with a microphone. I think okay, that's 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 witty witty exactly. humor, you know, like <laughs> like that. But uh, haha humor, that's that's something different. And there's this one. I don't know if if there's. Uh, uh, an American or an English equivalent of that, but there's one in a, has been one in Holland, who managed to, uh, in in a context, he managed to do five minutes nothing on stage, nothing. He he said to his assistant in, in the in the wings, uh, "Can can you bring something? Uh, can you get something?" And I'll wait. And then he waits, and the audience is in stitches. And uh, me too. You know, I thought. That's balls, you know. That's balls. Great. I like that. Yeah, I, I went saw my friend Miles do a set. Uh, I think it was only three minutes, but he uh, just kept talking to the microphone, but he was just mouthing his words, but saying yeah. nothing. And then the movie yeah. tapped it to see if it was on. I thought it was hysterical. Half the club hated it. <laughs> but oh, no, I, no, I, I understood what he was doing. I was like, this is really awesome. I'm all for that. There's this American stand-up comedian who satirizes stand-up comedians, isn't it? Oh. It's, it's, it's a guy who doesn't do jokes, but he, he talks like a stand-up comedian. And uh, he, he doesn't say anything, really. And I thought it was, oh, that's so good. Was I don't know his name. Do you know him? Was this Tim... Uh... The special yeah. last year, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I just saw a clip, a five-minute clip or something. But it was, it was fantastic. It's like it was I never really saw good. that. A friend of mine sent it to me, and I was watching it, and I, I, it slowly dawned on me what he was doing, and then like I kept thinking about it for days later. I was like, that was that was really good. That's <laughs> really good. Yeah, really good. I'm going to get a, a glass of wine. Will you join me? Sure. Okay. I, I will pause it. <laughs> Hold on. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Well, if you if you uh, if you agree, I want to change the subject a little bit, but it has to do something with with writing stories. But I want to change the subject to music. I was going to change the subject to music as well. <laughs> mm, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> No, I, I I think music and, and stories have a, a, have a, uh, you can compare them. A good song is like a good story, mm. with with choruses and uh, and riffs, and you can you can compose a story like a, like a, a piece of music. But you had another angle, perhaps. I, I, yes, I had some questions. Um, I have them written down. <laughs> I was going to ask you. In Meccano, there's a couple. I took them as references. You have business names. One in the new one, Murder Inc., and in the Rough Guide, you had Go Between. Mm. Were those just coincidences, or were those tributes to the bands? Uh, no, I don't like the Go Betweens. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, <laughs> sorry. No, it was a reference to uh, an English movie in the in the seventies. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
No, <laughs> no. Uh, um, I I kind of like the the new wave things, but I was more into uh, uh, bands like XTC and uh, the more arty bands, if you want. Okay. Talking heads, talking heads like that. But I I sometimes I ask uh, people. Um, what their earliest favorite band was, and from there you can you can build a whole tree. And then I said, for instance, if somebody said, uh, "Well, in the eighties I liked the Cure," then they say, "Okay, uh, then you like Joy Division afterwards." And then you you know, and there's this there's this whole tree, family tree that you can buy can build. Speaking of Joy Division, I was wondering with the Mikado Monaco connection. Were you a yeah. fan of Peter Hook's band in the '90s, Monaco? Uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. I uh, it was uh, I liked. Um, I, I started out as Roxy Music fan, you know, and uh, it, it came from there. And it has uh, some kinds of the same atmosphere. But I, I'm really eclectic there. But uh, I like a lot of French music, like uh, Serge Gainsbourg and and. People like that. Whoa. I love Gainesville. And actually, yeah. a, a couple episodes ago, my friend Jeremy Allen was on. He just wrote a book about Serge called uh, Relax, ah. Baby, Be Cool. And it's, it's really well written. He talked to tons of people about Serge's influence, you know, all over yeah. the world across the decades. Yeah. And I, I started listening to the albums again. I was like, oh, this is wonderful stuff. Yeah. Especially uh, Melody. Mm. But, um, what I really the first first time I heard heard Melody Nelson was the first time I thought that bass the bass guitar is is incredible. How do they make that sound? It's it's deep but also has a click in it, and uh, it it's really French. I thought really that that's a really French bass, and then I then I googled it and it was Herbie Flowers who did it. Okay, in in London. It was ah, just yes. a, an English guy, the, the same guy who did uh, Walk on the Wild Side and uh, all, okay. all kinds of things. And uh, yeah, it, maybe it's because my son is a bass player. To, uh, when there's a, there's a good bass in it, I thought, wow, it's a crappy song, but the bass, you know. <laughs> Do you play yeah. music yourself? No, I was in a band, but I was a singer. Oh, uh, bad. No wave, of course. Nice. I was, uh, I was um, until my 20, 23rd, 24th or something. I was in that band. And um, at one point, I had to re really choose between comics and the band because you can't do both. Uh, yeah. You can do both, but it, it's half. Then. And I chose for comics. I remember that I chose for comics because I thought, uh, Perhaps my career will be longer then. <laughs> That's good reasoning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when you're a singer, because well, you you put your your face is your merchant. Uh, you you that's your business, your face and your voice. And uh, well, they get tired of a face, but when they get tired of a comic, you can make a new comic. Yeah. Did you do any recordings? Yeah, I did a demo or two. We had a, a the point where where I had to choose was when we had a recording contract. I thought, yeah, now it's 
that's... either I go that way or I go that way. But I'm glad that that, that we didn't we didn't uh, I didn't go uh, on with music because I was I could hold a note I could hold a tune, but I was more like an entertainer than a than a than a real singer. Gotcha. <laughs> so what were the bands that you first fell in love with when you were growing up? When I was growing up, uh, it was David Bowie, uh, Roxy Music. Uh, Lou Reed although I loved um, what's it called the Lou Reed, the Lou Reed albums produced by Bowie come on Transformer? Bowie Transformer yeah I love Transformer and uh, then then the, the, the album after Transformer came out and I bought it immediately because it's a new Lou Reed and it was Berlin Mm. Did you ever re ever hear Berlin? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the most depressing album ever made. You know, so depressing that at one time I took a nail and I scratched over one song that I never want to hear again. <laughs> well, afterward it was uh, Talking Heads, and then um, uh, I had a whole the the the. the the second part of the eighties, I was more in disco. I just, I just discovered disco because in end of the seventies, I was disco is is nothing. It's commercial, yeah. and then I, I, I was converted, uh, and then it was Blur, uh, the the Britpop, the Britpop uh, scene, Blur, Suede, uh, you know him well. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and. Uh, from there on gorillas and, and things like that. Do you and, uh, listen to music while you're working? Yeah, I, li I listen to music. Um, but mostly, um, yeah, I, I, when I'm sketching, it's, it's different than when I'm inking. When I'm sketching, I need to clean my head. I need to, there's this, this little voice in my head that says, well, you're never going to be there. And, you fooled the public uh, for 30 years, but uh, now now it's over. So I have to have real loud music, just a bam, bam, to, to, to put those ideas out of my head. And when I'm inking, it's just, it needs zen. It's just nice lines. So it's different, different music. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So when I'm inking, it's it's soundtracks, mostly. I love I love Sergio Leone and Ennio uh, Morricone soundtracks. Oh, and, uh, yeah, I love that. Has to be a, a, a bit uh, bit theatrical. It has to be big. Okay, I love that. <laughs> but well, when I'm sketching, it could be it could be, yeah. What could what could be? It could be hardcore rap, or it could be uh, metal, or anything. Anything that keeps my blood blood going, you know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what have you been listening to recently? Uh, recently, it was a, a Dutch um, a Dutch artist called Spinvis. Okay. Uh, who is a, a bit arty, but uh, his production is fantastic. His songs are great, and uh, uh, I really love that music. It can can. 
You know, you, sometimes you have this music that you feel under your skin. It's like, oh, yeah, oh, this feels good. That's that kind of music. <laughs> you just did a video for him, right? Yeah, for, for Spinfish, I did a video, yeah. He's also a friend. We we met while we're, I was doing artwork for him, and uh, apparently he always wanted to be a comic artist, and I always wanted to to make music, so we live each other's dreams. <laughs> and uh, also what I liked about him, uh, first time we met, uh, we, were, we were working, I was working on artwork of one song of his that's a really melancholic, deep, poetic song, you know. And um, he came in, and after a after 15 minutes when we, when we talked, he took his guitar and he made a... a uh, a carnival version of it. I thought, oh, somebody, somebody who takes himself not too seriously. I love that. <laughs> nice, and that's a, that's that's why how we became friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're still looking for for stuff to, to do together. We sometimes I I draw uh, life on on stage with 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 him and the band, and I like oh, that's that. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what music are you listening to either at the moment? Ooh. Yeah. It's such a tough question. I, uh, I've been on a big spiritual jazz kick recently, like Coltrane ah. stuff, Pharaoh Sanders, uh, Mingus. I love, I listen to Mingus um, constantly for a couple of weeks. Love Mingus. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I discovered a, the Roaches, uh, R-O-C-H-E-S. They were a female singing group in the 70s and just lovely harmonies. I'd never heard them before. No. And there's a couple old albums from the 70s that, yeah, was, um, Robert Fripp produced the first one. Mm -hmm. The very interesting guitar stuff going on. And then uh, Lucy Wainwright Roche, who's um, Loudon Wainwright, you know. The, it's a daughter? <laughs> that, that clan and uh, yeah, one yeah. of the Roches, their child. Um, <sighs> I've heard a couple of her albums. You know, it's really lovely, sort of light pop music. And she did a like a sort of acoustic cover of Robin's "Call Your Girlfriend," which was interesting. Mm. Was it? Uh, is that uh, was she in Jonas Police Woman as well? I don't think so. I don't know. That was the that was the Rainwrights who were in it. Hmm. I don't know. I saw uh, I saw uh, Rufus Wainwright in, in life in, in uh, I think in two thousand three in in Amsterdam, and it was the most one of the most impressive impressive concerts I ever saw. It he had the big band, he had the seven seven piece band, and he had just had um, the album Poses, and that's really big, you know. Mm. And it was so impressive; it blew me away. And then he came back in uh, for an encore. Half naked with uh, uh, transvestite stuff going on. It's like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You know, I was I was in a totally different mood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when we were talking about uh, Peter Hook's band Monaco before, I saw them in Boston in the late '90s, and you know they played all their songs, and I, I liked the album, enjoyed the show, and then they came back on for the encore, and they did Joy Division's Failures, and it was just. Wow. And this was before That's he started good. doing anything. It was great. It was uh, it was such a surprise. I mean, of all yeah. the this Joy Division songs to choose, too, I wouldn't have expected that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. 
What's that, what's that band called? Uh, uh, the band called who's got this single, Let's Dance on Joy Division. I don't know. Oh, Let's Dance on Joy Division. Yes. That's a great song. Oh, what's that? Oh. I, I can't remember the name of the band. Well, we put it we put it underneath on the comments <laughs> if you find it. <laughs> Everybody should hear that song. It's a, 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 a cheerful song about Joy Division. I like that. I'm I'm just still amazed that you know the Unknown Pleasures album cover that Peter Seville did that it's just been used so many times. You know, even like Urban Outfitters have like you know shirts of it. It's just, I never yeah. would have expected that when I first heard Joy Division. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, me neither. <laughs> mm. uh, so you so, did another uh, music video last year too. I wanted to ask you about. Yeah, that's my son's band. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he's uh, he's in a in a, a Dutch band. Uh, they sing in Dutch, and uh, it's a three piece band: guitar, bass, and drums. So. Uh, his his parts are really important. He's really the base, uh, the the he lays the groundwork of each song, and I'm so proud. <laughs> they they got hits now, and they they you hear him on the radio, and he's on television. And, uh, oh, that's awesome! That's yeah. a really catchy tune too. Yeah, it's a nice a nice tune. It's about the yeah well like the the video. Uh, like the video suggests already, it's about somebody who doesn't answer on your mails, uh, on your text. That's all. That's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so annoying. But they got they got now they got their new single out now, and uh, it's called Barman. Uh, and it's it's like a tribute to the to all the the, the people who are working in bars because all the bars are closed now. Yeah. And. Uh, Nobody can go to the cafe, and uh, and uh, it's a, it's a hit as well. But it's a really sad song. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So I do the I do the artwork for them and uh, the clip I did with uh, my other son, my other son who's doing the animation. I do the the artwork and he does the animation. So oh, nice. it's a family project. So your yeah. sons have both those avenues going for them that you were interested yeah in. yeah my 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 oldest son this is my youngest son the bass player and the oldest son my oldest son is uh producing composing and uh music and uh doing animation as well so he's more behind the scenes he doesn't doesn't really care for the the, the stage ah <laughs> but it's always it's always nice to hear to hear productions and to hear about uh, to talk about the, the sound of a drum and uh, and, and uh, the, the little little details in a song, I love that. But because it has so much to do with storytelling, mm. it's 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 communicating with with uh, with an audience, and uh, you do it by by building up building up uh, tension or building up an atmosphere, trying to 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 grab the, the person, and that's exactly what I do in in comics. It's just trying to grab an audience and uh, uh, and trying to to make him go with you on a journey. <laughs> and um, yeah, maybe I can talk about that 
grabbing an audience. When I said it, I thought that's that's one way of doing it. I'm 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 like like I said, I get bored really easily. So with an audience, I, I try to to grab them and pull them to me. You know, and they, come on, you should you should read this. Come on, come on, there's more, there's more, and. Uh, uh, Spinfish, my friend, uh, the, I t- just talked about. When he when he performs, he does it totally different different way. He lets the people come to him, and I'm saying, how do you do that? You don't do anything, and they come to you. How do you do that? I said, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's how I do it. <laughs> I really admire him for that. I yeah, I know that feeling well. How do they do it? <laughs> Yeah, you you you're the audience grabber as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but sometimes it just you get some people who just have to enter a room and everybody turns. That's not us. <laughs> when I was when I was uh, uh, in puberty, I, I I drew all the time. You know, I drew uh, and. Uh, and when I went to a party, I thought, mm, I'm going to sit in the corner and look and brood, you know, and draw a little. And then they come to me. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. A serious artist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deep thoughts. <laughs> so what else yeah. have you got? are you working on now? Um, uh, oh. Better? We're back. Yeah. <laughs> back. Uh, after this story is done, I'm, I I got another story ready. It's it's a totally different story, and uh, uh, I'm going to work on it soon. I think next month I'm going to to draw it. I got the whole the whole scenario is ready. Um, I don't know if I well I can I can pitch it to you in 30 seconds it's uh, it's based on the the idea that you physically can enter your memory and your memory is is a world is a universe and in in one city there they keep the they keep the the, the hard facts like the the alphabet and uh, your your zip code and uh, another city you got the your experiences and another city and there's another all kinds of, of areas that you can travel in. I like this a lot. Yeah, it's it's a I put a lot of autobiographical things in it, of course, but uh, the the story itself is fiction. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be fun to draw it. Yeah, it sounds it nice. Yeah, Do you and that's uh, sinkhole. Sinkhole. All right. Sinkhole, because sometimes there are holes in your memory. Uh, and this, this is, I think, this is one of the stories that I think this needs a brush. This needs an elegant, elegant line, not a, not a hard line. So I'm looking forward to that. So soundtracks on the stereo? Yeah, different <laughs> soundtracks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for this, for this, um, uh, for for the Meccano thing, I'm I'm putting a soundtrack together on on, uh, on Spotify. Oh, nice! Yeah, I, I'm I'm working on it. I'm going to put it on the on the, my site as what's, soon as I got it. What's on it? Oh, it, it starts with South American, 
South American music. Oh, all right. I, I discovered a band uh, that's uh, not really known, but they, they got a good energy. And uh, oh, for the for the next chapter, the chapter that's published, being published now, it's uh, is Focus. Do you know Focus? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it needs it needs focus. I thought. <laughs> Hocus Pocus by Focus. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird song. <laughs> did you see did you see Queen's Gambit? Yes. Oh, I loved it. Did you like the soundtrack? Yes. Um how did they find those songs? I know. It, funnily enough, my YouTube uh channel, like mm. 10 years ago, I put up that um the busy signal song, the French song, the duh, duh, duh. Yeah. Oh, you knew it already. Yeah. So ah. on like one of my YouTube videos, it has like 15,000 hits for the rest of, you know, much less than that. <laughs> but I was, I was blown away that they used that. That's such a good yeah. No, well, I didn't know it. And I heard it on Queen's Gambit. I thought, what is this? So I, 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 I paused I Queen's Gambit and I wanted to know what, who was in it. Because that was a fantastic song. Yeah. Fantastic. So I, do, I do that all the time. There's the show, Canadian comedy, Letter Kenny, which is one of the funniest things mm. I've, I've seen in years. But they have such good music. So whenever I watch, I keep my phone next to me to Shazam, you know, whatever ah. tune they're playing. I've discovered so many good bands through them. Um, White Reaper, yeah. have you heard them? White Reaper, no. Yeah. It's a band? Yeah, it's very like the Ramones and the Misfits. Very catchy, ah, ah. like fast, energetic punk rock. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> they got a bit poppy with the last album because they were on a major label, but uh, it's still very good songs. Ah. Really great energy. And and you discovered it uh, at that uh, that show. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. I I like that, and I like. Uh, you got T-Bone Burnett, for instance, who's great at uh, choosing uh, choosing uh, soundtracks. In True Detective, he uh, that's T-Bone Burnett, isn't it? I haven't seen True Detective yet. It's on my list. Well, now. he's got he's, he finds he finds really amazing amazing songs to go with the scenes, and sometimes totally unexpected and totally, uh, and then you the totally unexpected song, and and you look at the scene and say, like, yeah, it fits. How does he do that? You know, like Yasser Tull. You know, I I used to love Yasser Tull when I was a kid, and then I thought it was it's crap. And suddenly he put it into Detective, and I thought it's a good song. <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned the the playlist is going to go on your website. I've noticed you've been using your website a lot more recently. Got well, it's a new website. Hands. Okay. It's a new website. Uh, before I had hankokolk.nl, which is Dutch Dutch website, uh, and I got bored with that, and I thought if I want to publish it Meccano uh, in English, I, I should have a, a .com. So I, I changed it to uh, hankokolk.com, uh, and uh, uh, I really like uh, how it's how it's uh, handled now and how it uh, what it what it takes what it gives, and uh, yeah, when you when you're enthusiastic about something, you put a lot of effort in it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 going to, it's updates 
every every week at least at least one update a week but sometimes more cool yeah i well, think tomorrow we'll, uh, yeah tomorrow maybe tomorrow uh, we'll we'll have three more pages uh, of meccano online nice yeah yeah well thank you so much for coming on the show it was great well, to chat. it was a pleasure it was a pleasure and anything uh, else you want to plug before we go no no billy wilder that's <laughs> everybody who should, should watch billy wilder and and the apartment and yes. you're gonna have a you're gonna have a great great two hours there and and watch your show watch all the episodes of your show <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> all right always a pleasure to talk to honko and he's a huge music fan too We've been emailing a lot since the interview, talking about the kinks, who we both love. I remember when Come Dancing came out as my cousin Mike's favorite song, and like MTV was this new, exciting thing. My older cousins were staying with us for the week, and we all stayed up all night waiting to see the video. I learned all the swear words I know that evening. And then, of course, to me, the Village Green Preservation Society is one of the greatest songs ever recorded. Well, whoa, tying that into the beginning of this episode. Is there a village people preservation society? And like, how would they feel about Joan Jett dressed as Boba Fett getting in on their game? I mean, maybe I should have them and Miss Jett on the show to discuss. Thanks, y'all, for listening. It's great to be back. Do check out all the stories up on YoungSouthpaw.com and the Young Southpaw YouTube channel. There's a bunch of great interviews from earlier episodes as well. And check out Honko's work at HonkoColk.com. The new Meccano's up there for free. And if you want to subscribe, share, and review this podcast, that'd be very much appreciated. So until next time... (laughs) 